This is Morning Breath, your drive-time devotion sure to jumpstart your day. Hosted by Pastor Dan and Matt Stahlbaum. Morning Breath starts now. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the program. This is Morning Breath. We're a drive-time devotion sure to jumpstart your day. It's a beautiful Tuesday, February 18th. We're glad you've taken time out of your busy day to join us here. What we do is get into uh, the Bible, we read a chapter, spend some time praying, looking at it, reading it, spending a devotion time with the Lord, and then we come down to the studio here at the Merritt Island campus of East Coast Christian Center. We read the chapter on the air, and then we talk about wherever God leads us in the chapter. Matt and I are co-hosting the program today. How are you doing, Pastor Matt? Doing really good. Uh, enjoying it, and I uh, love morning breath. And I would say, too, uh, I we mentioned this Sunday just about how morning breath and what it's all about. It's it's really just about getting the Bible into your car, getting it into your house, getting it to your, your Bluetooth speakers as you go for a jog. It's getting the Word of God out to you so that you can get it more in you and so that you can hear the Word and do something with it, hear the Bible and do something with it. So I just love it. It's exciting to know that people are catching this, that, that they're getting something today. I got something out of today's and uh, I'm excited to bring it to you and to everybody listening. So Awesome. Yeah, you know, it's uh, very rare that I don't get anything out of it. And even what's kind of cool about it is I might not get a lot out of it while I even yeah. in the 30 minutes I spend. But then maybe when you read your half or I read my half again or you say something, then it sparks something in me. It's one of the reasons why I've always had Morning Breath be done, you know, kind of in a partnership, not alone. Because something something cool happens when two people get together around the name of Jesus. Yeah. What's that word? <laughs> it's triggered, but it's like negative, right? Like someone triggers you, you know, you have like a, a negative word for triggered. What's a positive word? Nick, help us. He's our 20 year old. Come on. What's a positive word for triggered? Um, uh oh, <laughs> I'm always put on the spot and I don't know. Po- like, so the positive word triggered is, um, all right, I'll work on that. Okay. Um, um, that's only one of the syllables in that word. Um, um, fantastic. Uh, now triggered would be like, uh, motivated or, yeah. uh, it's typically used like a triggered, like yeah. you're, you're triggered cause you said this and I get mad. But when you say something good through the Bible, I get excited I get motivated, I get fired up, and I know you do too. Yeah, it's so why, cool. why don't we jump into it? Nick, do some research, get back to us in a couple weeks, and let us know. Or in five minutes, whichever <laughs> comes first. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> anyway, tell them how to get involved. Well, you go to our website, eccc.us, or get our podcast, or call 321-452-1060 to talk to Miss Ernestine to get a mailed out or emailed guide to you. That's how you do it. Wow. Or that, you get our app. That was really blunt. I like it. So now what do we do? We read the chapter. Oh, do we got nothing going on? No announcements? Nothing? Nope. Are we still having church? Yes. Okay, that was important. Yeah, so if you don't have a home church, man, come on out to East Coast. You can come in Vieira, Coco. Uh, we've got a smaller venue on Merritt Island called The Avenue and then a larger venue called uh, The Parkway. Any of those places, we'd love to have you and be a part of building the life-giving church at last. Sweet. So uh, I've got New King James. What do you got? I am reading the NIV. Well, there's a there's a perfect split at verse 16. So if I'll read through verse 16, you read through verse 32. Will that work? I love it. Okay. I must say to you, read, sir. Then all the tax collectors and the sinners drew near to him to hear him. And the Pharisees and scribes compare, complained, excuse me, saying, this man receives sinners and eats with them. So he spoke this parable to them, saying, 
What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one which is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I say to you that likewise there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine just persons who need no repentance. Or what woman, having ten silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? And when she has found it, she calls her friends and neighbors together, saying, Rejoice for me, for I found the peace which I lost. Likewise, I say to you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Then he said, A certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided them to, excuse me, divided, divided to them his livelihood. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. But when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in that land, and he began to be in want. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him out into his fields to feed swine. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him, What was going on? Your, your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has had him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours has squandered your property with prostitutes, comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. Amen. Amen. Well, it's a pretty impactful story. It's it's one you hear so many times that there's a little temptation to kind of relieve or pull back on some of the the impact of the story. I, I really think the beginning of it's important to get the sort of feel of what's going on here. It says that Jesus, uh, in verse 1 and 2, that all the tax collectors and sinners drew near to him to hear him. And the Pharisees and scribes complained. So you've got all these 
We're going to use some pretty blunt terms here for a minute. All these sinners that are drawing around Jesus. And I think I'll use that term lightly there or, or loosely, I might say. And they're, they're all these people who really aren't religious, don't maybe go to church or, you know, are involved in things maybe they shouldn't. All that, they're gathering to Jesus. And then all these folks who are the leaders in the in the in the Jewish religion, the scribes, the guys who wrote the Bible, you know, copied the Bible, Pharisees, legalistic, Sadducees, all that. They said, this man receives sinners. And the word there is another translation that says welcome sinners. And that word actually means takes into his bosom. I think they're saying it more strongly. In one way, they're trying to be evil about the way they say mm. it. But the truth is... Like they're exaggerating. They're exaggerating it a bit. What his fellowship with them is. Mm-hmm. Oh, like they're That's the good. best buddies. But I liked it, actually, when you look at the meaning of the word, takes into his bosom. You mean he's got him in his heart? Oh, I could see yeah. where, it, you know, the twist of their, even twisting his his intent and what he was doing actually worked against him when you read it later on and thought about it, that he had him in his heart, in their heart. And so here we've got this contrast between Jesus, the religious people are lost. And uh, I think it's important to understand that this whole, all these stories are being told, trying to reach a certain group of people. Listen to it. Verse three. So he spoke this parable to them saying them is the Pharisees, the the scribes, the Sadducees, the religious leaders, the them in context here is the religious leaders. Who's he trying to reach right here? He's trying to reach the leaders of Israel, Israel itself, and he's trying to reach out to the Jewish man who says, you shouldn't be near these lost people, these sinner people, these broken people. And so when you read the story from those point of view, I think it's it, it really helps me to have a little bit more impact out of the stories. Yeah, that's really good. You know, something about uh, the three stories, so are all applying to the same subject of something being lost and something being found. Uh, When Jesus shares the parable of the lost sheep, he shares that and everybody there would understand that and agree with that because they all understood sheep. They all understood cattle and and taking care of of their animals. And if you lost a sheep, of course, you're going to go find a sheep. And then the next parable, the lost coin, they all would understand that too. And they would all be like, yeah, you're right. You know, Jesus, you lost, if a, if somebody lost their wedding band, of course, we're going to run around. Yeah, but then you get to the parable of the lost son. And not only would the Pharisees be annoyed by this, but everybody would have been annoyed by this. Like nobody would have been like, yeah, yeah, receive that little punk back into your house. In fact, even the, the quote unquote sinners uh, the tax collectors, the Pharisees, they all would have been stumped. They all would have been like, oh, my gosh, what would I do if my son took my inheritance and ran off and used, put it on drugs and ran it into the ground and then came home and said, hey, I just want to be. And before he spoke, he we received him back into the house. And then the older brother would be upset and frustrated. We, I think they all found themselves going, what in the world would I do? And I I love this because Jesus doesn't just bust the chops of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. He really lays it out for all of us. He says, look, at some point, you're going to look down on somebody else. At some point, you're going to wonder, how could they 
get the good stuff that God has. I, I've done this and I've done that. At some point, you may even look at somebody who's better than you and look and say, well, pff, look at them. They're garbage over there. Or you may look at somebody who's lesser than you and say, ah, they don't deserve it or whatever. But Jesus levels the playing field and challenges us. And one thing I love about the parable of the lost son, or as many have called it, the prodigal son, is I've heard you teach on this probably, you know, 50 times, <laughs> you know, give or take. 15 times. And I think I've taught on it probably, you know, 10, 20 times. And I've heard uh, a pa- Pastor Eric teach on it a few times. And I've heard other people teach on it a few times. But even though you've taught on it 50 times, uh, I think I've gotten something new every time you've taught on it. And I've received something from it different every single time. It's such an amazing story. It is. And, it and is. I even this, what you just said about uh, in the beginning of verse two, how they were trying to exaggerate, like this man receives sinners, like he's best friends with sinners. Yeah. Like he wasn't, he's just <laughs> hanging out with them, talking to him, just like he's talking with you knuckleheads, you know, like, yeah. I love that. I've never seen that before. No, I'd never seen it either. You know, one of the things I thought of today that I never thought of, and I like that you said how each of the different stories maybe spoke to a different group, but I thought about it this way. I'd never thought about it this way before. The sheep story would have spoken to the men and the boys more directly than the women. And the coin story is about a woman who loses a coin. Yeah. And it was probably one of the 10 coins that a, that a woman would have wore around like as a headband mm-hmm. to say she was a married woman. It was like their equivalent of a, of a wedding band. Mm-hmm. It probably was one of her dowry coins that was, you know, Oh, I'm missing the one over my left eye. Oh my gosh. Uh, and, how homes were dark then. And so I didn't think about it that way, but I love what you said later. One maybe reached men a little bit better, one women a little bit better, and then the one of the sun, like yeah. you said, oh, just got everybody. And yeah. here's the wild part about the sons. Think about, I actually think it's it's a great bit in here about the angry older brother, but think about it this way. In this group of tax collectors, sinners, and all that, how many of them were the younger brothers? Sure. So you had the perfect younger brother story for all the lost guys that were there yep. and the perfect older brother story for all the, you know, religious people that were there. I think you could even look at it with another way, too. You know, the sheep, the story of the sheep is going to reach the blue collared common man who is around sheep more because that's who typically took care that's of sheep good. and who went after the sheep. You know, in fact, sheep herding was something that children often did. Yes. And it was like, you know what? We don't feel like doing this. You get out there and watch yeah. the sheep. Yeah. Now the lost coin, if you were wealthy enough to have a necklace full of coins uh, as a married woman, which is what often this was, it was a 10 coin necklace that married women would have. Now you're talking more people that are a little bit wealthier, people that had kind of a bit of an income there. But then when you go to the sun, now you're talking They're to everyone. Uh, you're talking yeah, to everyone yeah. with, with a son. Everyone's a son or a daughter, you know, right, right away. You are a son or you're a daughter. So now you kind of understand that and everybody has parents. Okay. Yeah. So now you're talking to everybody and, and, you know, in this, I, I don't know which way you want to go. There's so many different ways um, that, that we could go. But uh, I, had a, I had a few different th- Let's thoughts. Let's go. Just jump on well, something. One of the things I thought about <clears throat> the uh, the younger brother got to this place of repentance in his heart. Yeah. And I, li- I like how it works out because he gets to this place where he he's like, you know what? I'm no longer worthy to be a son in my father's house. I want to be a hired servant. 
right? And so he got to this place where he couldn't earn his worth or his value anymore, which his whole problem was is he actually thought, I can do it on my own. Like, I need all my dad's stuff, and I'm going to go do it all on my own. I'm a big boy. And it kind of correlates with our lives with the Lord. Like, at some point, we have to recognize that we can't do it without God. Like, we can live in this world uh, in our own strength, but eventually our own strength runs out. Then what I like is he goes and runs to his dad, and it's like he's getting his speech prepared and his father sees him from yeah, far off good. and catches him before he can say anything and he gives him a big old hug and he shows him love and this goes to the correlation of God loving us before we can earn our place back with him his love is unconditional but the younger son does say and he does repent and he tells his father he says I'm sorry I've I and I'm paraphrasing now yeah. I'm sorry I made a mistake like I just, I just want to be a hired servant in the house. And, and his father's like, no, we're having a party. Come on, let's do this. And that then goes back to our response with the Lord. Once we recognize God's love for us. Um, in fact, there's two parts of the Bible. One says that repentance comes from like God's goodness and love. But then there's another part that says it comes from godly sorrow. And I think the prodigal son has got both going now. He's got a little godly sorrow. He's like, mm, ooh, I messed up. But then before he's got a chance to live in godly sorrow, he sees unconditional love. The father grabs him before he can say a word. And I love the picture of those two things merging together. And I think that that's, that's got to get us to a place where we are like, Lord, in our own strength, we're not enough. But thank you, Lord, you love me like anyway. And so uh, I just I love that picture. You know, even, uh, and again, I totally agree with what you just said. Verse 17 says, when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough he, and to spare, and I perish with hunger? He said right off the bat, he could see God's goodness there. He did have godly sorrow, and he demonstrated, demonstrate, demonstrate, what, what is that? <laughs> Say demonstrated that, for me. that one. He demonstrated like that really that. well. But he, you know, so he had doubly understood God's goodness. He kind of understood God's goodness. He had true repentance, and then he understood God's yeah. goodness again. So it almost, we almost have a God goodness sandwich sure. going on here. And I think that's important because a lot of times, if, if you don't understand God's goodness, instead of sorrow, you have guilt. You, uh, instead of saying, you see, sorrow... Uh, is is a goodly god good thing godly thing, but guilt can be destructive, and so if you don't understand there's hope or God's got a solution, your your oh I feel bad about sin turns into guilt. People have lived in guilt their entire lives and never gotten free from it, which is a very sad thing, but a very powerful portion of scripture that way. I think that's awesome. Yeah, you know when you say that, like sorrow to me is recognizing that you're wrong. But before you get a chance to really like, God, I'm terrible. I stink at life. What's wrong with me? God's cutting you off at the pass and giving you a hug before you can get it out of your mouth. And that cuts off, like you said, guilt. It cuts off shame. It cuts off those things that prevent us from going to the Father. Because if he had too much guilt or shame, he wouldn't have gone to the Father. He wouldn't have gone there. He like might he, not have even gone home. No, he wouldn't have been able to do it. But he was able to at least say, look, I'm going to go back home to my father's house and be a servant in my father's house. What better place to be? And hopefully we don't have to get to this place um, in life 
where we're eating, you know, we, we can't even eat what the pigs are eating mm. uh, to recognize that God loves us. And would it be better to be a servant in the house of God than it would be, uh, you know, out here eating wishing we could eat some pig food. I find that sometimes I get there, uh, but I see it. I see it pretty strong in people sometimes where, where they're just like, you know what, if I can't have what I want, I don't want anything. You know, they get that little bit of an attitude instead of the attitude of Lord, I want what you want for me. And I'm willing to just go give it my all with what you want from me. And that's that heartbeat and attitude of what I would say, faithfulness in little like if I could just get a little corner in the house and take care of that corner, like, you know, I'm good with that. But if I can't have it all, if I can't have the master bedroom and the master suite, I don't even want to be in the house. You know, I think that that can be a super destructive attitude. And what I believe drives that attitude is anger and selfishness and ego and self-centeredness. That's what drives that type of anger and that type of frustration is like not willing to serve. You know, well, that's everything that the older brother displayed in verse 29. He was jealous. Yep. I've been serving you. I've never transgressed his own goodness. He's self-centered. I, 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 me, me, me in it. And then pride leads to anger uh, because it says, but he was angry and would not go in. Therefore, his father came out and pleaded with him. You know, the other thing I think is cool about this, and even though he's self-centered, jealous, uh, citing his own goodness and in full of anger, it says that his father came out and pleaded with him. And it's just another picture of the goodness of God leads men to repentance. Here, he's saying the father came out and pleaded with the son. But in reality, Jesus is here pleading with the Pharisees. He's, yeah. They know they're the older brother in it. And Jesus is trying to reach them. And he's on their front porch right now pleading with them. Don't go this way. This is not the way to go. And he's trying to reach the Pharisees by telling them the story. You said something there that triggered a thought in me. Both the younger son and the older son had an incorrect view of serving. They had an inferior <laughs> yeah, view good. of serving. It's like, I am serving because I am subservient. I am serving you. I am working for you. Why aren't you doing anything for me? That's what the older son was saying. He's like, you've never had a party for me or anything. Mm -hmm. And the father had to go, you, you've been my son. Like, Live, you've lived from the perspective of you own it of all. Of your sonship, yes. Right. And, and he's living from the perspective of, I've served you and I've worked hard and why don't I have this? He's got that kind of Martha mentality, mm. like serve, 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 right? And so um, the, the younger son, he's like, he had this cocky attitude, like, I got it all, I'm this. And then he was brought down to this place, well, if I can only just serve. As in the a, corner, yeah. Serve. I'll be a servant. Like, and his father corrected both of them and said, no, you are both sons. Like, well, here, It's a great picture, Matt. The other thing that's crazy to hear is the older son says, but as soon as this son of yours came, he who has devoured your livelihood with harlots, you killed the fatted calf for him. Listen to how he said here, you never gave me a young goat that I might make merry with my friends. That's what the older son said, right? But if you go back to verse 12, and read it. How does it read in the NIV? <clears throat> it says, A certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of the goods that falls to me. So he divided them, his livelihood. So he divided who? Them. Yeah. See, what we do miss in this story is the older brother got his portion then too. He divided them his livelihood. 
he gave the younger son and the older son their inheritance that day because legally he really couldn't give it to the younger son until he gave it to the firstborn son first. And so the older son is accusing his dad of never giving him anything when he's already given him his inheritance. Yeah. And so it's a crazy, that's, you become blind when you get you that anger to what you have and to all that have happened in your life. That anger and that self-centeredness can really make you blind, not see really what's going on. We're going to take a break. We'll be back in just a minute. You are listening to Morning Breath from East Coast Christian Center, Merritt Island, Vieira, and Coco. For over 30 years, CB Plumbing has been a family-owned and operated business that is dedicated and proud to serve the Brevard County community. CB Plumbing covers both drain and sewer line cleaning for commercial and residential. CB Plumbing, for all your plumbing needs. 321-783-6000. That's 321-783-6000. Customer satisfaction is their guarantee. Need a fence professionally done the first time? Hercules and Atlas Fence, owned and operated by Mike Green, has been certified since 1960. No job is too small or too big. Hercules and Atlas Fence, 321-258-9853. Or visit us online at ineedafencenow.com. For 30 years, Cabern Air Conditioning has proudly served the Space Coast area. Honest, professional, and reliable, and customer satisfaction is their top priority. Whether it's repairs, maintenance, or it's time to upgrade your old system, Cabern Air will take care of it. 321-784-0127. That's 321-784-0127. Or visit them online at cabern.com. Hi everyone, Kevin Barfield here with Barfield Contracting and Associates. We are a fully licensed and insured roofing and building contractor. We're located in Cocoa Village, but we service all of Brevard County and surrounding communities. We also offer many discounts, military, senior. We offer free estimates and we appreciate every opportunity that we're given. We're at 454-4531. That's 454-4531. Barfield Contracting, treating you like family. God bless you. The Mezzanine Church for Young Adults. Pursuing the presence of God both locally and globally, the Mezzanine meets at East Coast Christian Center every Sunday night at 7 p.m. Call 321-452-1060, extension 133, for more information. That's 452-1060, or visit mz9.org. Welcome back to the show. This is Morning Breath. You know, when you come right down to it, like you said, uh, Pastor Matt, that all three stories are about something that's lost, that's found. And then it has this little bit here in each story about what happens when uh, when you find the, the lost sheep. There's joy and friends and neighbors and in yourself and all of that. And then the lost coin and there's rejoicing friends and neighbors. And then it goes on to say there's more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents and over 99 just people. And I just thought about this way. What kind of joy is experienced when the lost is found? And I thought there's at least four different kind of aspects of it. And I think this is important. 
there's there's joy in the person found. Sure. If you're lost and you get found, I don't know, you can think about that time Reagan was standing on that fountain screaming for bloody murder for his mom and dad. He was pretty happy to see you. Yep. You, but you were also pretty happy to see him. So yep. there was joy in him and joy in the person who finds them. And then there's joy of people around you. And then ultimately there's joy in heaven. Yeah. And so think about that when somebody lost gets saved, the joy they receive, the joy you have in leading them, the joy the church has in somebody being received, and then the joy in heaven. That's so it's good. pretty incredible joy. Come on, man. Let's keep reaching people for Jesus and come see on. that joy come alive. One soul. God That's bless right. you guys. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to Morning Breath from East Coast Christian Center. We hope to see you at one of our locations this weekend. For additional information, such as service times, events, and more, please visit us at eccc.us. Thanks, and we hope you have a blessed day.